You yeah. guys in the you guys in the sex office? Over and out. Burn, this is Kev, Marco, and Doug. And today we're doing a movie review, 2018's Overlord. Doug, give us some notes. Not going to lie, I'm a little unprepared. Um, I thought we were doing Overlook to Eden, the rom-com. Um, so I got, <laughs> I, I got nothing here. Um, so the synopsis, uh, the plot follows several American soldiers who are dropped behind enemy lines the day before D-Day and discover secret Nazi experiments with a French hot lady. I may have made up that last part. That was not in the actual. I, we agree. She was hot. Though, yeah, she but was I got hot. It. Yeah. yeah, especially with guns and flamethrowers. You know, that's very attractive. So, yeah, so yes. 2018's Overlord was released November 9th, 2018 in the theaters. You guys remember theaters? Yes. Remember yeah. what those were like? Back in the day. Back in the day. So box um, budget was thirty eight million. A box office was only forty one point seven million. So it didn't. I mean, it made it some money back. It wasn't a loss, but they didn't make a whole hell on it. Whole hell of a lot on it. Um, so it's basically like a, a B movie with a Hollywood budget. You know, it's kind of like Saving Private Ryan meets Reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I love the Reanimator call there too. You love the what? The reanimator call, man. That was that's pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of the whole time. I'm like, they just changed the the serum color, but I'm like, it's I'm like that's kind of you know. And the fucked up thing is, a lot of that's true, you know, the experiments and stuff. But interesting fact. Um, we'll hop into D-Day for a second. So obviously June sixth, nineteen forty four. So the code name for the Battle of Normandy was actually called Operation Overlord, which I didn't know until I started kind of digging a little bit. So it, you can damn ruin my, my facts, damn it. Oh. <laughs> that's my fact that I have right here, Operation Overlord. That's it. So, yes. That's all I got. So anyway, just, go ahead. Just got one index card that says that on, and that's it? No, no seriously, like, like, I remember we were talking about how, like, you wanted to get, like, historical, because, you know, you know, I know World War II. So, you know, you wanted historical significance, and it literally is, like, three things. Yeah, it's called Operation Overlord, so Overlord. D-Day actually happened. And the experiments on, you know, to try to make super soldiers. So, oh, yeah. That, so it, it's obviously the movie's a play on that. So that's literally it, and Hitler and being into the occult is, like, the only three facts of this movie. So I'm going to knock those up the park right away, because that's all there is in this movie. Do you guys know what Overlord means? No. Like I just actual, know D-Day was Operation Overlord. That's what I know. Like the actual I mean, definition of, of the word Overlord? Yeah. I don't know, but we're going to find out. A ruler, especially a feudal lord, a person of great power or authority. That's kind of what I figured. That's what, you know, I never actually looked it up, but that's what I assumed it was. Like, yeah. I, that's what they call my, my landlord. Referring to Adolf Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so 160,000 uh, Allied soldiers crossed the English chana channel, eh, channel on June 6th. And, uh, <laughs> but um, 2 million Allied troops in France by the end of August, which is crazy, crazy thought. But yeah, like Marco said, you know, there was a lot of crazy experiments. Hitler was a sick dude and had some really wacko ideas. And that's why he's not, you know, obviously... You know, you don't follow his ideals, but his fucking ideas were just so outlandish that how can they not be interesting, you know? Like, uh, yeah. obviously... Him and, Himmler. him and Himmler? Yeah, Himmler too, dude. Himmler was a big part of it too. Yeah. Himmler was I, insane, dude. Hitler's, Hitler's so crazy that you can't even look up his name on Giphy or fucking uh, Apple's uh, <laughs> GIF thing, their GIF app. Yeah, it sucks. I'm pretty sure you can't do it on the Samsung either. I try it all the time. <laughs> Gonna have to make. Hey, speaking of speaking of which, today's actually his birthday. Not that I'm like trying to glorify it or anything, but it just really? so happens. Wait, interesting. what? Hitler's birthday? H Hitler's, yeah. And we, all right, folks, we didn't plan that. I mean, we were just trying to pick a day to do this fucking podcast. That, that is that is yeah. All right, I'm sorry. It's actually tomorrow. It's, tom it's tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's so tomorrow. Funny. I thought today was. It's tomorrow. Uh, boo! Would have been better. Close. Yeah, I, I. I'm surprised I knew it was the 19th or the 20th. I knew it was close, but I'm sorry. I thought today was the 20th, but so. Man, that's crazy! Wow. So he was funny. So everybody smoked weed <laughs> on Hitler's birthday. Yeah, there were there were a few kids in high school we hung out with that. It would have been two holidays for them. That is ironic. That is so ironic. Everyone's like, yeah, man, smoking 420, it's peace and love day. No, it's Adolf Hitler's birthday, you fuck. <laughs> I still don't understand what 420 means. Like, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. We'll have to do a Willie Nelson podcast I think, sometime. I, I believe it's uh, like a police code, like a 420. Oh, okay. So I, I think that's where it comes from. Like, a 187 is a murder. 420 yeah. is a pot. I believe it's like a police code. Yeah. yeah. That's, I believe. I could be wrong. I don't, you know, there's nothing so back here, but I'm thinking it. So, yeah. so people took it back and turned it into a like, right, oh, a time thing. We'll smoke before 420. It was 420. Let's smoke. Let's smoke okay. and celebrate the Fiera. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, one last, one last. One last D-Day fact. So I guess there were many D-Days. It wasn't specific to this one, but this was the most popular. And I always thought it was like something really cool and had some crazy, you know, significance. But basically what it is is D, the D in D-Day stands for day. So D-Day would have been the first day that the operation or whatever it was was launched. Then after that, it would have been D-1, D-2, D-3, and so on. So it's kind of... Kind of anticlimactic. I thought there was going to be some crazy story behind, like, the phrase D-Day. But like I said, there were more than one that actually happened, you know. But this was the most famous. Okay. So, wow, I'm just Debbie Dougie Downer tonight. I messed up fucking birthdays and I'm giving sad facts. Yeah, you got me excited. As I was like, wow, dude, we're actually doing this on his birthday? That's crazy. But, hey, that's still close enough. Like, we didn't actually plan to do Overlord because of his birthday. I, I mean, none of us, we didn't think about it. Yeah, no, it just it came up uh, next on our list, and um, it's been one we wanted to do for a while. So pretty fucked up. Maybe the Fiera is channeling, channeling humanity. Oh wait, hold up, he's calling in wife now. <laughs> Could you imagine? That? <laughs> I'm calling in from beyond the grave, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going home. Um, okay, right. that? He's like, your podcast is Shiza. Your podcast is <laughs> I kind of have to agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'd agree with Hitler about is our, our podcast is Schneiser. All right. So why don't we, why don't we hop into it? Uh, so running one hour and 50 minutes rated R, of course, because it would be terrible if it was PG-13. So one quick thing, too. Um, uh, we'll get into that later, I guess. Um, yeah. There was, there was one, yeah, we'll get into that in, like, the, uh, you know, our, our uh, reviews, but, so it starts out, you know, like any regular war movie, a bunch of airborne soldiers in a plane, uh, they're about to be dropped off in France on the eve of D-Day to knock out a radio jammer tower the Nazis put on top of a church, so, okay, seems, seems legit at first, um, they're sitting around, kind of busting chops, you know, t- typical wartime Shit, you know, they got nothing else to do, so they drag on each other. A few hours later, uh, all hell breaks loose. And I kind of tried doing this, and so I'm not talking for, for two hours. I'm kind of just giving little bullets. If you guys have anything you want to add about a scene, about a part, about a quote, just just stop me. I'm kind of um, cool. kind of following the bullets, okay? We're going to do what we usually do, Doug. We're going to interrupt the shit out of you. Don't worry, it's coming. Yeah, sweet. Looking forward to it. Uh, so you have this intense plane scene. Uh, shit starts blowing up around them. They're getting shot at. It's like coming through the floor, coming through the sides. Just complete, complete, complete chaos. Now, Doug, um, do you know, do you know what the name of the uh, German uh, air force is? The Waffen? No, the Goof, yeah, Goofstuff. Yeah, you almost got it. The Lufafa. Yeah. <laughs> Mufasa. Yes. We're saying the same yeah, thing, you, right? You, Vanel, but it's all right. Look, so, I, the Lufafa is uh, fighting them off. I I will say this this scene and for the what is it the first ten minutes? Yeah, it's pretty insane. It is so intense. Like I I was having anxiety just like watching. I because I, I think it's because I realized that this was real. That at least that portion of the movie was of course, real. Yeah, yeah. So the thought of that actually happening with the airborne, like, holy fuck, man! Like just to think people actually went through this shit, and uh, it just just insane. Like the rapid fire and like. You could see like the heat on the bullets and shit, and I mean, people getting lit up and inside, and like you know, planes blowing up around them. So, I mean, it was just you couldn't get a better 360 view in the camera yeah. angles either. It was it was so fucking intense. And that's the thing on my notes too. I, I even have it right here. Love the aerial footage. I love everything about that scene, man. You from the clouds in the background to oh. the bullet holes on the side of the plane. Whew. It's just it's it's fantastic. That's like one of my favorite parts in general. Just I really thought it looked stunning. Pretty in any much. war movie, I, yeah. dude, that that scene alone put like Private Saving Private Ryan to shame, man. It like, also came out twenty years later too. But yeah, but, still. Hey, leave Spielberg alone. He got real body parts for that D Day scene. Did he really? Yeah, he had like intestines and shit. Like in the beginning, when like they're all laying there, like holding their intestines in, like he actually got real. Yeah, that was, but that was Vin Diesel's best movie. He dies. What I mean, movie? That's the. <laughs> I missed. <laughs> Ryan. Oh, he's in that movie. I've yeah, he dies. That's the only. It's his, it's his best part. Yeah. He, he's done and quick. We don't have to deal with him. He's he's dead. Hey, I didn't mind Pitch Black. Saving, saving Ryan's privates. Is that what you said? Different movie. Different movie. <laughs> that's a great movie. Great. Movie. That's what, we're thinking in the lines of Harry Twatter too. Just like the Sopornos. 
You know, yeah, but uh, not to get off topic, but great, great opening scene for yeah. uh, like a forget horror film, just a great opening war scene. Uh, just the way it's shot because it makes you feel like you're in the movie. And I, I mean, man, first fucking anxiety for the first ten minutes. I was like, oh my god, this is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the the cinematography is just amazing, and yeah. So the, so this got a six point six on IMDb, and reading all the different reviews, some people are like greatest half an hour of a movie ever and then they lost me you know or the story sucked or we've seen it before frankenstein's army like so like this scene is what really drew people in and that's why i think it would have done not that it would have done better if it had like a less crazy scene not that it blew it not it's not too early but it was just such an intense scene and people thought the whole movie was going to be like that i mean i thought it was still you know done very well it was paralyzing polarizing polarizing (laughs) oh yeah so it makes you think, like, you know, kids these days, they're, they're worried about, you know, the dumbest little shit, what, if, if their fucking sneakers match their shoe, if they match their shoes, match their shirts. You know, like, these dudes are out there, like, fucking dying for our country at 18, and now kids nowadays don't even know what... I'm not going to go there, but but you get the point. So, um, so plane blows up, breaks in half. Uh, some actually make it out and make the drop. So on the ground, Boyce and Corporal Ford... Uh, meet up after the intense parachute um, plane crash scene. That you know when he lands in the water and he cuts the parachute open and yeah. starts getting like that. That's what like come like I, I did not sit down until like the end of that scene until he came up and breathed. I was I was on on edge the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the best part is like he comes up, he swims up, it shows like a struggle to get to the surface, and then like he has to like cut through the parachute too, which I thought was pretty cool. Like and then he puts his head through and fucking he's like. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty intense, man. Yeah, that whole scene's intense. Yeah, the whole that whole I don't even know. I don't know. It seemed like it was like forty five minutes, just because like it, like the move the seconds were going so slow. You know, just because it was that intense. But so they they get to the ground. Um, those two meet up, and then they watch their sergeant get shot by about I don't know eight Nazis with with machine guns and which is so this, Woodbine, man. Both he's awesome, Woodbine, man. He's yeah. such a good actor. Great actor, man. I was, you know, I love that opening scene. And I, I thought too that um, as uh, who's the who's the main character we're talking about that uh, that that just made it out of the water? Uh, Boyce. 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 Yeah. I thought that Boyce, when Boyce, we were seeing from his point of view while he was like coming down to the air, I thought that he saw his plane get shot down, but it was obviously, or maybe it was, but I didn't realize that the sergeant made it out. I thought the sergeant was still there because when when Boyce gets thrown out by the sergeant. I thought the sergeant was just kind of like going down with the ship, if you will. Yeah. You know, but he ends up obviously jumping too because he didn't have a choice. And the complaint was going down. And, and that's one thing that saddens me. I don't actually know Bokeem Woodbine's uh, character name. He would have been badass. But I loved if he like stuck around. You know, like, they made him that like he was like he basically just said fuck you to the Nazis. He's like yeah. anybody got a light, basically like yeah. fuck you, and they shot him up. I don't know. I don't know if you know Doug, but Krauts. Yeah, Bokeem Woodbine has been in a lot of movies I've personally seen. He was in a movie called Caught Up that I really liked and uh, growing up, and, and that's why that actor, when I saw him in the movie, excited me. And then when he when he dies, he gets shot by the Nazis right there. It just disappointed me a little bit. But I mean, it is I hate I hate to say it, but you know, even though our main actor is African American, typical horror that would kill the black guy first, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, they had to have some of the stereotype in the beginning of this one too. So the funny thing about that is, uh, 
it's actually kind of historically inaccurate. They would not normally have mixed battalions or um, groups like that. Normally they have like a African-American unit, like right. a white unit. They would kind of, you know, right. still the, the 40s, so they would still kind of segregate it, which is the weird thing. So you, they throw it in for, I think, a little bit of, I was going to say a little bit of color, but that's not what I meant. Do we know, do we know statistically what, uh, with what ethnic, so if they did that, do we know statistically like what race races survived more out of the others i mean i know it's not like doesn't matter in this podcast but i would love to know the stats on that since the army was dumb enough to continue to do that even in the 40s i wonder if there was like stats on if they had like i don't know like six out of ten of african-american units survived and only like two out of ten like all white units you know what i'm saying like I'd yeah love that shit, man. I'm sure it's out there, definitely. I'll, I'll look that up and I'll get back to you. You know, obviously after the fact. Why but. I don't know, but I mean, it's it's obviously relevant. But it's kind of like if that's out there. I mean, I've never. It's just data we've yeah. never looked at. I've never. You well, know, it's funny. I've I didn't even know that. I've watched like thousands. Like by this point, I've watched thousands of World War II documentaries. It seems like well, hundreds. I'll say hundreds, and uh, and I've never seen any stats yeah. that point at that. I've so who knows? That. Who knows? Yeah, but it's a good fact. I mean, like I know in the Civil War. They would put a lot of the African American platoons right on the like front, front lines. lines, yeah, like Marines, um, basically. Right, but uh, yeah, the, the Buffalo, the Buffalo soldiers. Yeah, dude, a lot of the and, even dude. Speaking of that, a lot of the fucking freed slaves, they they like they like were like, fuck it, we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight against the South. They even like they got their freedom, and then they got on the front lines. Right, to, they wanted to, to yeah, fight yeah. against yeah. the South. I mean, it's understandable. That's baldy, dude. Yeah. That is balls. So it reminds me of um, the Salt Park, the movie, I think it was, with uh, Operation Human Shield with Chef. Marco, do you remember that? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. So, uh, so, so they, they watch the sergeant get shot, and now we know that Corporal Ford is kind of means business. He's like, he's telling boys, you know, uh, the sergeant wasn't the mission, you know. He's like, he's like fucking by the book. And he kind of, he tells him if you keep worrying about dead bodies, you're going to be one, you know, in his... Wyatt Russell. Yeah, he's little, little little Kurt Russell. Little Kurt. Yeah, little Kurt. He must have been born. Kurt, but actually, I don't know. They're about the same. I think they're both like my height. I still think he's he's the same height as his dad. They make him look big in the movie, though. Yeah, I think as he gets once he gets well, once we get to that point, but they make him seem like more. So the other thing too is the Italian dude that's in the other dude. That yeah, it's Sal, from, it's, it's Sal from Night of the Demons. Yeah, and he's he's South. <laughs> it is South. He's 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 yeah. a scrawny little fuck. So he's tiny, dude. He's like he's like five five or something. He's a small dude. Go get his sister. Yeah, Tibbet Tibbet's teeny. Yeah, he's a teeny motherfucker. But Kurt Russell, I don't. Uh, Kurt Russell's son Wyatt is no. I mean, I don't think he's anything bigger than five nine or something. And anything. Like anyway, I was thinking too, man. Like, he did he name Wyatt after Wyatt Earp? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, that's crazy that he actually named him after a role he played. By the I, way, mean, I think he was he was probably born back then when that was being filmed or something, or right after. You know that that's like Kurt Russell's like magnum opus. You know. Well, and spe- so speaking of that, I was looking at uh, uh, since we're on the, on the subject of Wyatt uh, Russell, he might be playing his father in Escape from New York, the reboot. Oh, I'd be I'd be down with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would, but I mean, I don't know if he, he. I think he's a great actor, but 
Yeah, but what do you want, Kurt Russell back, or do you want someone completely different? At least there's some connection still. It doesn't say how tall he is, but he's, I mean, he's pretty much, it's weird. He's a year younger than us. Oh, so he was, he, when was he? He was 86. born, what, 86? Oh, so he was born before Tombstone. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was born, yeah, what was that, 93? My word, I, I figured he was born around the same time. That's funny. No, dude, he was born, yeah, he's from So he actually had him and then happened to fucking play Wyatt Earp. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, he's yeah. still a good looking as his dad, but I can see you can still see the the thing is it's weird. He married a chick that looks like his mom. I don't understand that. It's kind of weird. Well, you know, hey, he's actually yeah. born the day after me. The year he's a year and a day uh, younger than me. If his mom is Goldie Horn, I don't know. This could be a pre Goldie Horn kid, but I don't really know. Goldie um, Horn. Yeah, he's married to Goldie Horn, dude. Kevin, he's Han. yeah, same thing. Horn, Han, <laughs> whatever. Kevin, he, he's six. Holy horny. Kevin, he is 6'2". Goldie Horn. I call her Horn. Goldie Horn. You boys are getting off topic. Wyatt, Wyatt, Wyatt Russell is 6'2". He's 6'2"? Yeah, according to IMDb. Holy shit, he's taller than his father. Yeah, that happens. Happens from time to time. All right, let's go, Doug. All right, so four or five soldiers uh, made it from the plane. They start making their way to the church, and then we have this tense land, tense landmine scene, which I'm not gonna lie, would have been fucking terrifying. Kind of playing Russian roulette with the ground. Yeah, well, well, one of the guys actually like steps on one and blows up, and then they have like the bayonets going into the ground trying to feel for landmines. Yeah, and so uh, uh, Wyatt Russell, uh, what's his name in the movie, Doug? Uh, Ford, Corporal Ford. Yeah, so Ford is like, oh, walk in a straight line to me. It's pretty fucking cool. It's intense, man. Yeah. It's intense. Like, it the is. whole, like, like you said, the first 40, like, 30, 40 minutes of the movie are intense. Yeah, the military portion of the movie, it's just like, I mean, you're straight on your seat because of that. Yeah, I thought that was a great scene, too. Just like that, I feel what Tibbet says, too. He's, he's just, like, the wise-ass. Even when he's, like, scared or uncomfortable, he just makes these, like, smart-ass comments. Mm-hmm. Like, but, um... All right, so did he say that like pet, uh, he's got his pet snake? Uh may- maybe. Yeah, Sal, Land of the Demons. Sal, Night of the Demons. Oh, oh. maybe. Uh, uh, me up the whole time, not watching it with Sal and Night of the Demons. So loosen your lips a little bit, huh? <laughs> cool, it pops. You don't want to blow your pacemaker. <laughs> I, I don't know why my I don't know why my Italian accent sounds like Ronnie Dangerfield. It's supposed it to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so enter the sweet French Chloe, who's out scavenging uh, on, the night. The one thing that I was disappointed before French Chloe, it's just when they find the remains of like what they call the jackal. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I've never seen a jackal with hoofs. Like, remember they find that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know the part. Yeah, but I mean, it, like, uh, they kind of never revisit it, which is kind of uh, weird. You know, I had on the bottom of my notes, and I actually crossed it out for that reason because I really had no relevance other than yeah. just kind of like a, a weird, you know, kind of gives you the vibe that something might be kind of weird where they landed, but you don't, it's never really no. proven. Right, but that's why I bring it up. It's just weird that that scene was even in there because literally that jackal with the hoofs never appears. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like, for people who've never seen the movie that want spoilers. <laughs> to hear it, <laughs> yeah, I, keep, I keep forgetting this is a fairly new movie too. You know, usually movies you do are like you know, thirty years old or something. Right, so, right. 
I just wanted to bring that part up because I didn't understand the relevance of that scene after the movie was over because I expected a jackal with hoofs somewhere along the line and it never happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Like I said, I had it in my notes and I crossed it off and I'm like, well, it's not waste, worth wasting time if it's not relevant. But it's good to be brought up, you know, just for, you know, conversation's sake. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so this here kind of confused me. Maybe you guys can, can enlighten me on this one here. So... Uh, Ford instructs Chloe to lead them to the village where she lives slash where the church is. So Chloe pulls some shit at her house, which I'm super confused by. She's trying to figure out if they're they're pigs, just like the Nazis are. But so she goes and what was she trying to do there? Do you guys have any idea? I think she was. I think she was trying to see if those guys were pretending to be something they were not, so that. They would get. She was trying. I think she was trying to see if they were Nazis, like in disguise. Like so, like once they saw other Nazis, they're like, "Hey, she's over here," or like, yeah, 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 of- yeah, yeah. I think I think she was trying to trick them purposely to see if they were actually on on her side. Because they were All like, right. oh, "Yeah, don't worry about it. Here's your knife back. We'll take you back to your village." I think she was playing them because they thought that she was being played again by them. So it's like. All right, so there, I guess there was, it just, I remember, I, I watched the whole scene like two two or three times, and I'm, I figured that's what it was, but I'm like, am I missing something? Is there something a little bit deeper? But I guess, yeah, so she's just trying to make sure that they weren't Nazi scum. Yeah, and I think I think she was trying to see if they could be trusted, too. Well, that's it. She had no idea, because like, as, you know, I know it's coming up later, but she gets, you know, like obviously mistreated by a German soldier, and maybe that's what she was thinking, maybe the same thing would happen. Right. Gotcha. You know, yeah. After, right. And then, so, you know, like that whole scene, and then with the old woman who's basically the rat, the rat, the yeah, French the rat, rat. Which is in my notes right here. You know, she's just a French rat, and which she did purposely. That's why she, like, had, she had them hide in the, um, in the trench. But she did that purposely. And then once they came around the house and she let them in, she's like, yeah, I just needed to figure out if you guys were actually, like, on my side or not. Yeah, okay. All right, just making sure I, I didn't miss something there. I, I, I assumed, but... By the way, she's actually a French actress. Uh, so the actress that plays Chloe Laurent is played by Mathilde Oliver. She's actually a French actress, model, and producer. Yeah, yeah, she's a very, very talented young lady. I don't know how young, but... 94. She was born in 94. All right, so what, 25? 26, 25, 26, yeah. that range. Yeah, yeah, good for her. She, she, she's very, very intense uh, character, which, which is awesome. You know, she kind of, it's nice to have a little bit of. Uh, it's not just a bunch of dudes. You know, it's like a little bit of this. You know, get this badass French chick fighting alongside. Yeah, it's kind of, it's good. I, I enjoyed it anyway. Yeah. Um. So the, they go up and they regroup and hide inside her attic. Uh, so on the way up, they hear Chloe's sick aunt. Um, Chloe says she's sick because of the Germans. Um, they get, you know, so now you, they're starting to get the sense that something's a little weird, you know, maybe between that and the jackal, maybe they're trying to kind of like ease us into it. Um, so Ford sends a few dudes out to the checkpoint to see who made it. And then as soon as they go to leave, you get these like, these bass lines that remind me something out of Carpenter, like they live or something. Do you guys notice that? Yeah, a little it bit. Did, yeah, it did it a few times. I wish it kind of went like a little more throughout the movie, but it kind of just added that like carpenter feel, especially with some of like the scenes. 
so we come to find out Chloe has a deal with a SS officer who uh, visits frequently. Basically, basically, she puts out or uh, they will take her little brother to the church like did with her aunt. And then we find out that her mom and dad also got brought to the church. So yeah, Wachner's basically a rapist. Yeah, yeah. yeah he holds the brother against her to like, you know, basically get his jollies off. Yeah, exactly. He, he went there for one purpose and one purpose only, whether, you know, she was willing or not. And so, of course, uh, Boyce being the, you know, super nice guy that he is, you know, you can just tell. Um, so while he starts getting handsy, Boyce and Ford sneak down and hold him up at gunpoint, knock him around, and then tie him up. So, but yeah. Doug, yes. how cool was that light? How cool was that lighter? Oh, I know. I, I almost want to see if that's like a real oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On it. yeah, it was cool. And he said, I like how he's like, I don't need this anymore, I guess. Yeah, it's freaking like such a cool lighter. It's like gold and actually doesn't have an SS symbol on it, but it has like a weird. No, weird... I think it does. I thought oh, it did. But it yeah. has something else too. Yeah, it. It yeah. Else but it's like, it's crazy, man. It's like freaking. I don't know, man. I, I I would love to have something like that. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not trying to say that I need not see my verbalia, but I mean, it, it's such a cool looking lighter, man. No, it's history, you know. And I I, I own I own Sorry. a few things. There, there's the, the, all right, we'll, we'll we'll talk history later. Did Kev leave? Did we lose Kev? We lost Kev for a minute, but you can go on. It, this this always helps the podcast move along. Yeah, that's true. All right, so <laughs> I, I'm just gonna like scream through the next seven pages before he gets back. So. <laughs> Okay, so Ford tells Boyce to go get the boys and bring them back. Um, so while Boyce is getting, while Boyce is out trying to find them, he gets chased down by a dog, jumps in the back of a moving Nazi truck, only to realize it's full of dead bodies or AKA volunteers, as uh, yeah. they call them. So now we start to see the real scope of what's going on here. Uh, Boyce sees all the experiments and crazy tests that the malevolent doctor is doing in the church basement. We got the the dude on the pod that he cups open, and he's got, like, yeah. things hanging out of his mouth. We got the... And real quick, though, I just want to mention, like, one part, because I thought it was pretty significant. Like, before he actually gets into the building, like, fully, isn't that, like, the part where he sees, like, the body running by, and then they flamethrow it? Oh, yes, yeah. Good call. Yeah, so he sees, like, a bunch of bodies getting flamethrowered by the SS, uh, or I don't know if they're SS, but German soldiers, anyway. And then he gets in. I apologize, but I thought the flamethrower part was pretty significant, just because he sees the the terror he, they're putting the people through. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I should add that in. I think I don't know. I, I was kind of just trying to keep it sweet and simple, but that is kind no, of a little, that Dude, is again. That's why I'm here, bro. <laughs> so um, no, that's a great call. And it actually, kind of reminds me of, like the thing where they like they can only kill it with fire. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Correct. By the way, you forgot to mention that. This is where the movie just went from like a military movie all of a sudden into just so straight up horror. Yeah, yeah. It was like it just kind of like all of a sudden we like flipped the switch. It's true. It's true. It's kind of like from Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. When it's like, it's yeah. like a drug, like a a crime movie, yeah, yeah. and then it goes into like a vampire. Yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a bank yeah, robbery yeah. movie, and then all of a sudden you're like, what yeah. the fuck? I mean, that's the whole point of it. Is like you're like, holy shit. Yeah, and I get it. I, I don't know about you guys. I understood this wasn't original. I mean, you got like what is it? Uh, uh, Wolf Wolves of the SS, and you've got like all sorts of like uh, war mixed horror movies that have been out for a long time. But I, it was supposed to be a play on that genre already, that or a subgenre. But I thought it was still a good 
good mix on it. Mm -hmm. I agree. It was well done. I agree. I think it was awesome. It yeah, no. you know, it could have been complete shit. Have you guys ever seen Frankenstein's Army? I have not. No, I've never even heard of it, to be honest. Yeah, it, it came out like 2013. It, it was very, very, very similar. I think it's even in a church, a church basement, too. But it's, um, you know, very similar. Like I said, I, I always like to play the devil's advocate, you know. Like, I, I really, really enjoy this movie. But, you know, it's good to kind of see both sides of it, you know. So, it's did true. You see, what, what did you think of that in comparison to Overlord? Um, I, I think for what their their budget was probably a small fraction of what this was. And what they did with that small fraction was actually pretty pretty impressive. There was some pretty pretty gruesome scenes that they uh, that they pulled off. You know, without this big Hollywood budget. So it's almost like, uh, it's like seeing the original Evil Dead and then Evil Dead 2. It's like the same kind of story, but just with money thrown at it, you know? And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, okay. So, I mean, I don't think they're trying to do anything super original. I think they're just kind of, like you said, playing on the genre. And I think they did it very well. Yeah. Okay. So, and, uh, uh, by the way, actually, uh, just a quick little fact that I learned while researching this movie Everybody that was in production actually thought this was going to be the new Cloverfield movie. Oh, you know oh. Yeah. you're right, because it was J.J., what's his name there? Yeah, um, Abrams. Yeah, James, yeah, yeah J.J. Abrams. Abrams. So everybody thought it was going to be the new like Cloverfield. So like when it came out, people were like, whoa, I thought we were going to get a Cloverfield movie. That's hilarious. Which I thought was just kind of a fun fact about it. Yeah, no, love the fun facts. Ooh. Kevin, you'll be proud. I'm drinking. I went and picked up two four packs from Medusa. Gonna support uh -oh. your local. Gonna support your local heart iron heart heartworks. Whatever the hell. Just support your local brewery in general, whether it's iron yeah. or not, man. Yeah, just keep whether, them alive. whether we're canning it or not, just support your local breweries. Keep them alive. Yeah, I've been trying. I threw like twenty buck tip. I think I bought forty dollars worth of beer. I threw a twenty dollar tip at them, and Dude, you know they, they. You know, I mean, it's they're one of the only essential. Uh, local businesses right now in the restaurant industry that's like really surviving and thriving just on can sales. So, yeah, they had a nice little setup. You order right online, you walk right in. The dude's like, pick up. Yep. Okay, right there. There's a table with like, you know, yeah. A through L and blah, blah, blah. And it was right there, ready for me in fucking five minutes. It was awesome. That's great. So, no, it's good to hear. So, it's good. Yeah, it's good to see, you know, you get to support restaurants too. I've been trying to, I mean, we're all doing our part, but. So anyway, um, so we're in the basement. Um, Boyce is kind of going through. He, he sees the, the pod people, the French woman's head on the spikes, begging for her life. He ends up grabbing one of those, this weird syringe that he sees, uh, the, the, the scientist or the whatever, the doctor using. Yeah. So he, so he pockets that, and then he finds one of his comrades uh, strapped to the table. He pulls this big needle poker thing out of him, and then they both break out. Um. Where are we? So back in the attic, Boyce explains what he saw. Um, they ask the tied-up officer what the syringe is all about. And he starts talking about, quote-unquote, a higher purpose, like Chloe's aunt. And she gets fired up and stabs him. So they send her away. Uh, they reconvene. And uh, they want to, Ford wants to go on with the plan. He wants to bring the kraut uh, as a distraction this time. So they send poor Chase. Chase is like the nicest guy. Besides Boyce, he's like the typical good guy. But yeah. Chase is just that naive, young, like he's the photographer. He's just like, and you just, your heart goes out to him. And so they send him up there by himself to get the officer who's tied up. I mean, this officer, he's, this dude, the actor that plays this guy, 
he's been in, if you look at his, like, repertoire, it's, it's all, like, World War II. Like, he just plays a quintessential, like, SS. He's just big. He's got the hair, the facial structure. He's what you think of when you think of, like, an SS officer. Yeah. And they sent poor choice, uh, Chase, who's, my word, five, 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 six, it seems. He's a little skinny thing. Body, little buck, yeah. Yeah, so they send him up there. So the officer plays dead when he kind of lowers him down from the ceiling and uh, basically kicks out his legs and, and shoots him with his own gun. And then they come up and uh, shoots him twice with his own gun. Uh, they all run up to try to save him. But I do love how in the beginning he's got the camera and he's explaining it. And he's like, oh, it's got the light on it. And, oh, yeah, it's got this great thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it, the uh, sergeant or the – yeah, no, that's that's Ford, I think. Corporal. Yeah, Ford's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Can I see that? Can I see that camera? Yeah, let me just take it. And he fucking chucks it into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it's like wearing a, it's like wearing yeah, a flash. You, <laughs> yeah, you're just a fucking spotlight. Like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. We're in the middle of the woods surrounded by fucking Nazis, and you want to take photos of us to take back for, you know, Time Magazine or whatever. And, uh, and another thing I want to mention, uh, the fluid that they inject or that he finds in the uh, needle was red. Like a really red color. Correct? Yeah. Yes. I just want to mention it because the second needle we're going to talk about in a few minutes is not the same color. Well, so that's why I wanted to mention that. What's the symbology? Well, I have the symbology is just I think it's a different phase of the injection. But we'll get into that. In we second. know that's not a word. We're taking that from another movie. It's really symbolism. But what is that? Yeah. As war dogs. You can actually use both, I believe. I actually it's looked it up no once. That no. is not. That's from. That is from. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, Boondock Saints. Yeah. But I think symbology, if you look up the word, I think it's actually a word, but it's just not used that way. It's like that album from Death, Symbology. Symbology. That's one of my favorites. It's a good record. But yeah, I just wanted to bring up the red liquid because the, the other needle is a different color, and, and I'll get into that in a little bit. That's the reason I wanted to bring that up. Marcus, I was in the bathroom. Right. I mean, Marcus, I, hold on to that one gem that you haven't spoiled yet. Yeah, I got we're it. Like, we're, like right, we're like right there, Marco. Just hold, hold on. To, think of baseball and hold on to that thought. We'll be there in like I got 15 you, but seconds. You didn't, I heard the whole thing. You didn't mention it. That's why I wanted to mention it. It's kind of like yeah. you're about to bust the nut, and then Duncan walks by in a towel. Just, oh, you know, that's when I finish. You just can't climax. Except for Doug. Except for Doug. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. I just finished you talking about it. All right, so. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, so, boys feeling bad at poor dead Chase. Um, gives him the syringe of the reanimator juice, I call it. Yeah, um, I said, too. You know it even so, says it. It's reanimated. So, I... I didn't notice the color. You're right. It was not that I think of it was like a like a like more like a pink than a dark red, right? Or vice versa. It was like reddish, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So Chase comes back to life and seems normal, but uh, starts to change like real quick. All of a sudden, he chugs a bunch of water, crushes the canteen. He stands up, starts walking around, headbutts the roof support, the beam. Uh, then he gets all veiny, like his head kind of like cracks back and. He's, yeah, he's he basically really a back, dude. Like he like goes back and it breaks. Like you could hear the bones popping, and then you see it pop through the shoulder. You see like his spine popping through, like yeah, like like his neck shoulder area. It's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, that was kind of an intense scene. Um, it was done. 
You know, the, the, I'm sure they used CGI and some practical effects, but the yeah, mix was yeah, just yeah. was I thought very well done, very well. Yeah, they did a good mix, man. I didn't I didn't really notice a lot of the CGI in this movie. Yeah, except for the beginning, obviously, but with the, the air scenes. That yeah, was but real. they used <laughs> real planes. All that real. really happened. Um, so he's basically a full ass mutant. So Ford blows him away. They go over and ask the SS officer, "What the fuck?" And he says, a thousand year Reich needs a thousand year soldier. So, yeah, they're fucked. Uh, yeah, I have You ruined that one too, Douglas. I have it right here. A thousand Reich needs a thousand year soldiers. What? <laughs> what? Well, Sorry, Marco. Don't keep, keep me in the blow. You're not. I just, I've had a lot of time. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine, dude. Um, we've been drinking for a few hours, so I probably would have forgotten to bring it up anyway. Yeah, that's why I assumed. I didn't crack my first beer until 8.01, so. Uh, I got no excuses. Uh, so up jumps Chase. Again, back to life. So yeah. Boyce promptly crushes his skull in with the butt end of his rifle. <laughs> uh, so while this is going on, the officer grabs Chloe's brother, who's been in the house with them, um, and his fellow, he runs outside, his fellow Nazis scoop him up, and they're off. There's a shootout, he gets shot up pretty good. Kind of looks like Two-Face. He's got... He gets half his fucking face blown off. Yeah, yeah, it looks like two faces. He's got like the so, so they go back to the church basement. Uh, the officer's pretty pretty fucked up from the shootout. Decides to take like six of the reanimator shots. Even the mad Nazi scientist was like, "Dude, what the fuck? That's crazy." Even from me, he said that. Right. Yeah. He actually said that. It was in German though. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got you. So, um, yeah. So that that's why it's interesting you bring up the color, like, cause I. At first, I thought I'm like maybe it's just um, it you know works better on living tissue versus dead tissue. Like it's like like in Reanimator where they right. it has like side effects um, over you know if the tissues ex you know been dead for this long or so maybe you're right maybe because he does you sh- they show the scientists at a few different points injecting like a few different shots so maybe right. he he just got that like whatever stage that was like the fucked up stage is like going from one right. to sixty. And the thing with Waffner is when he gets back to the church or whatever, he shoots up an orange serum, right? But the difference between him and Chase is he actually can still speak and think. He's just angry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Chase was just, like, angry and wanted to kill people. So I feel like, like, the red serum was kind of the first serum, and the orange serum was kind of, like, the second phase of the serum. Like the COVID-19, you know, yes. fucking, you yeah. know, we're going to go through with that shit. But, I mean, it, it just feels like it was just like the next step, and it was a little more controlled. They can make the super soldiers, but they can still obey and still communicate. And that's what I felt like the differential in color was. It just represented, like, that next phase, you know? Gotcha. So he, he knew what he was doing where Boyce and Correct. Chase didn't, and they, you know. <laughs> right. So, um so the group of remaining soldiers, I think there's like four or five of them, and Chloe set out on a mission to blow up the tower and save the brother. Um, this this whole scene here is probably one of my, just I thought clever, like kind of one of my favorites, I guess you'd say. Uh, so they use Chloe as a distraction to hijack this motorcycle with a sidecar, um, which I totally want one of those. Our, fr- our best friend growing up, um, his dad had a 1932 Harley like Army, Ar- Army Green with the sidecar. I remember it's funny. My my buddy now he's he's That's like awesome. six. He's like six three. You know, and I'm you know a mean five nine. 
And, uh, you know, there's pictures of us, like, maybe seven or eight in this little teeny sidecar, you know? Yeah, I think yeah, I got... it's, very, it's very Laporte. Yeah, yep. It's when I got my first... It's when I got my first boner with Joey sitting on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> Something about the motorcycle vibration, and, you know, skin. I don't know. I can't. I, I you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Right. He used to, I remember his dad used to take that motorcycle out every Halloween. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd he ride went... around on Halloween. I, I don't know why. Like, I mean, I didn't hang out with Joey like you did. But I used to, my, my mom used to be like, oh, there's Lepore on his side cart motorcycle. Yeah, he used to haul us around and would throw our candy bag in and he'd ride up to the next house or grab our bags. It was more for aesthetics, but uh, fucking the good old days. I, I would love one of those, though. That thing's probably worth a gazillion dollars now, especially the shape it was in. He, did, he was an auto body man, so he kept that thing like pristine. All right, so they use Chloe as a distraction. Um, they... They rig a soldier, the one that was on the bike, uh, with the grenade in his mouth and tape it. Yeah. And then, and, and then a sidecar full of explosives. So we kind of, and he's like that. I think they duct tape his hands to like the, to the steer, uh, steering wheel, the, um, you know, the handles too. So he, he basically drives into the, the front of the church. Um, the officer, you know, starts screaming at him like he's doing it on purpose. Like, dude, my mouth's taped. I didn't do it myself. So the officer rips off the tape, pulls the pin, which ignites the, obviously the grenade and then the fuse to the explosive in the sidecar, and they go fucking boom. First you see his head go, and then you see the fucking, it's just explosions. It's awesome. Yeah, man, it's great. I love that scene. And then, like, you can tell he's trying to spit the grenade out, but he just can't get it out because it's, like, too big. Yeah. He cannot get it out. He's trying so fucking hard, and then his head, it just explodes. Again, it goes back to, it's funny, we go from, uh, you know, a war era movie to a horror movie, and then it kicks back to a war movie. Keeps going back and forth. Kind of, yeah. To an it extent, doesn't. Sure. It doesn't just stay. It doesn't stay fluid in one genre. It it continues to fluctuate between multiple genres. Like you know, it's not. It's not like once we get to one portion of it, we're stuck in that entire uh, style of movie. Right. I agree with you. Or genre. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so like Kevin was just saying, you know, so now you got this kind of shootout. You got two guys up on the, like on the hills, um, basically just blowing away any Nazis that come, are standing out there or that come out of the, the church. They're just kind of picking them off. So yeah, it, it's, you're right. It kind of goes from, from war to like gore horror and kind of back and forth. It's a good, good mix. So, um, in the basement, four, yeah. It's a movie I've never seen, actually. You haven't seen Elsa of the SS? No, Elsa, uh, no. no. I heard it's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Grindhouse. It's yeah. a Grindhouse. I know there's a there's actually, quick real quick, there's a Murphy's Law song called Ilsa. I think we've so, talked about this on Have you seen that movie? No, I, I thought that was like a 70s movie. Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah, yeah. And it, But in the Murphy's Law song, there's a lyric called, If you fail to fat, satisfy, she'll cut off your cock. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see that movie now. She's like supposed to be in in the German army. Uh, it's World War Two, and she's like, I, it's like borderline porn kind of horror. It's like porn yeah, yeah. horror, basically. I mean, it was Grindhouse, right? It was Grindhouse pre the original. Grindhouse. Yeah, the original yeah. like pre Quentin Tarantino Grindhouse, like you know, not as um, rated R, <laughs> worse. <laughs> 
Yeah, back when you could get away with shit like that. Wasn't someone was involved in that? Wasn't it? It wasn't. Um, it was either directed or written by like a, a well-known um, horror writer. I thought. No, I don't. Uh, great movie though. I mean, it's just you know, yeah. it's the it's whole. Up. The title's actually up. Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. Yeah, Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. Uh, I'll I'll find out about it. Give me a second. You know, I watched it on YouTube before. The, I don't even. I think it's still available. You can watch the thing, the whole thing in its entire. You can't purchase it on Apple or Google. It's banned. Um, and I don't know why. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's art. Art is art. Just you know, stop, stop. Uh, you know, politicizing everything. It's ridiculous. But you they can just YouTube for free. I think still. It's a Canadian flag. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, really good movie, worth a watch. But again, it's if you're not into gore and and stuff like that, it's just so, early gore, so it's, it's not that bad. It's actually loosely based on a real SS commandant. Uh, Ilse Koch. Wow. Uh, she worked at the Buchenwald concentration camp. So it's actually based on a real person, but obviously they fictionalized it. Same thing with Overlord, you know. Overlord is based on a real day, but it's obviously fictionalized. She let Hitler give her a shiza on her chest. And you're right, dude. Becoming a staple of Grindhouse and drive-in theaters. So yeah, dude, it, it's, it's, um, it's worth a watch. If you like horror in the vein of uh, Texas Chainsaw, if you like that type of horror, then you would appreciate this type of horror. But that's like, if you don't care for Texas Chainsaw, then don't waste your time. So I mean, let me, I'm going to read this paragraph to you, uh, looking up Elsa real quick. It says, the popularity of the film led to the creation of three sequels, each of which saw a throne reprisal role. So it's the same lady in all three. I didn't know there was three of them. The film's infamy eventually evolved into a considerable cult following, with the character of Ilsa becoming a pop cultural icon, ubiquitous, with strong arrests of female authority. The film is considered one of the prominent entries of the Nazi Nazi exploitation subgenre, and to a lesser degree, the sex exploitation subgenre. Subgenre. Yeah, sex exploitation. So there you go. And it makes sense. So she became popularized based on the fact that she kind of became a uh, anti-hero uh, feminist, like she was like a feminist in a way because she was powerful and had men at her fingertips. She did, yeah, yeah. And you she know, had, it, but it was just it wasn't it wasn't mainstream. So I mean, people, I mean, the content overall wasn't. You know, she wasn't gonna be fucking Ripley from Alien or uh, you know or Jamie Lee Curtis in uh, Halloween. That's for sure. So real quick, in in uh, the pop culture section under the movie, the pop culture. Let me uh, rephrase that because I didn't say it right. The pop culture section. It says New York hardcore band Murphy's Law wrote the song Ilsa, which is inspired by the movie. So get, <laughs> that backs up my uh, my uh, point earlier. Yeah. Anyway, all relevant to Overlord. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's all relevant. I mean, it's but, all whatever, dude. It's it's just shit that exists, and we're talking about it. It's horror. It, yeah, it's it's war horror, right? Yeah. War horror, correct? Yeah, Based on the most famous war of all time. War horror, like the most, like literally famous war. The most uh, countries involved in any war. Yeah, it's World War Two. I mean, like that war is going to be talked about for a thousand years or more. Like yeah. while after we're dead, that war will be talked about. So that's why it is what it is, dude. We're just talking about it. It's relevant, man. Did you guys know? War ensemble. Should be war horror. 
<laughs> war horror. You can, you can probably get horror out of Ensemble when he says that. <laughs> so did you guys know that World War One was called the Great War until World War Two? Yeah. They weren't exactly numbering them like they were going to have more. Like So there was the Great War, and then all of a sudden World War Two happened, and it became World War One or World War Two. It was kind of... Why couldn't it be the Great World War Two? Too wordy. But it was a crazy <laughs> war, dude. I, dude. We could do a whole podcast on World War II, man. I would. Well, I, mean, I could go off. I'm on still that waiting shit. for Peter Steele's prediction of World Wars three and four. And that's the one thing I had. <laughs> that's the one thing about this movie. I wish it had more significance towards the war. I mean, I, I didn't pick up on anything else, and I even researched it to make sure I didn't miss anything. But it really doesn't. And that's what I was looking for. I know that was what we talked about before. Was you know, to get a historical significance. But there's really nothing really in it except D-Day. That's it. That's the, that they go at the end, they end up going off to Charlie Company. And other than that, it's just kind of like this little tidbit, you know, a glint, a glint in this great war. Correct. Hey, we, we should do Inglourious Bastards just for fun. Yeah, well, that has, like, no factualness. But it's... No, no. no. Anyway, it yeah. does have facts. So it has based on World War II. That's pretty much the only facts that, that I know. That is of. a fact. And I, I mean, there might be something I don't know. I still but. love that shit, man. I, I don't know what it is about World, World War One was so fucking boring compared to World War II. <laughs> World War II, dude, had like all the propaganda. The Germans were nuts. Dude. And RIP. And even Japan. If you've got family that fought in World War yeah. One, I mean, RIP. I mean, look, either way, World War, the World Wars were shit. We're all lucky. We don't have to. We didn't have to face those fucking trial and tribulation. But. World War One was nothing compared to World War Two. We just get to sit home, masturbate, and play video games. All and day. get paid now <laughs> to do that. Now we get paid. It's our time to shine, boys. And instead of Italy picking a side, now they just give you free porn. And, <laughs> and they did. They did. And they fucking paid for it. They paid hard. Yeah. But anyway, we'll do a World War Two podcast later on in the world. In this, uh, that would be sick, possibly, man. I, I mean. I could talk about that for days. More than more the Allies German side. The Japan side I'm still really learning about. I'm still actually taking that in, but Yeah, same here. There's hey, so look, much I know we're I mean, I know the three of us here, we're all like, you know, we'd rather like drink and make friends and like, you know, fight and fucking create enemies. But I think the, I think the worst part about war in general, and I think it even goes down to like metal and like even horror. The worst part about it is, after all of that, at the end of the day, like, look what happened. Our relationship, we're, like, pretty much fucking friends with all these countries now. And all of that shit, and now we're all like, hey, man, high five. Things are great. But, like, so many fucking people died and sacrificed so much. And then at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, things are good now. Like, all that stuff's washed. Like, all of those sacrifices were, I'm not saying it was for nothing, but at the same time, it's kind of like... What's the fucking point? Why couldn't we just all like get along in general? Because at the time the regime was just what nah, they I'm were. I'm just saying in general. I know I understand. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, wait a minute. We did all that shit. People had to fucking die, and we couldn't just yeah. we couldn't we couldn't figure this out without that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, there was some terrible people behind those regimes, man. And like, that's it. Like the fucking that's like, it. like now we love like Japan loves America, especially like look at they love Marty Friedman. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Jesus well, Kevin, it, it's amazing. 
It took it took how many hundreds of fucking kamikaze pilots for them to realize that they had to love Marty Friedman? Like, you know how long it's down the road? <laughs> if you ever want to see an interesting thing about a kamikaze pilot, watch the Curb Your Enthusiasm kamikaze pilot uh, episode. Wow. Where he was a kamikaze pilot, why didn't he die? And then the guy ends up taking his own life. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> All right. It's on the list. Well, I'm still perplexed. You know, if you had taken a kamikaze pilot and said, you you are going to fly your plane into an American uh, uh, ship because someday you guys are going to worship this guy with his guitar, I don't know what he would say. I would love, I would love <laughs> feedback from a fucking kamikaze pilot. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Japanese have such a specific culture. You know how the whole, like, Fall on your own sword, like this. This dude will sell out stadiums in your country down the road for your for your sacrifice. Man, just want to let you know. I'm just gonna tell you, like, getting back to like a little more seriousness. The Japanese in general, dude. Like, even in the day of the samurai, you know, if their faces were exposed, they would kill themselves. Brutal, you know, like they're insane. The kamikaze pilots literally would kill themselves for country, for honor, for honor, for pride. Whatever it was, you know, it was definitely for honor, and and it's insane to me that that culture breeded like like a culture in general can even breed that. Like, I mean, I have honor in my country. I do. I love my. I love the U.S. I'm I'm not going to say like it doesn't have its problems because it doesn't, but I really do. I've been in a, you know you guys know I've been to a lot of countries in this world. Oh hell yeah! And like the U.S. is honestly like one of the places that I I would live just because based on just how it's run and I love it. But, dude, I don't know, man. It's fucking insane. I, I wouldn't kill myself for it. <laughs> well, think, think of all the suicide terrorists. It's like the extremists. You know, I'm sure yeah. that was the mentality of all the Japanese people. It was just that certain few that were like the diehards. And just well, like you was, see even modern day. Man. We're in World War. In, yeah. that, in that World War, dude, that was like, that was the ultimate honor. Like, I, I'm, that's, that, man, I give those guys credit. Dude, that's balls. That is balls. That, that's just crazy. Especially when they could just be like, boop, ejection seat. Like, I don't have to go down with it. I'll get it real close and get out of Dodge. But no, you know, the just, other it was thing, honor. I guess the only other good thing that came out of the World Wars, if we think about it, because of all of the, um, I think this was, correct me if I'm wrong, probably World War II, with England having all of the um, the metal, the steel factories, right? Yeah. Brit- British yeah. steel. That's true. Yeah. So, so um, no pun intended to... Um, Judas uh, Priest that just turned what fifty? But dude, it's it's seriously true, what? man. Like because of World Wars, we got such amazing metal bands like Black Sabbath and Judas Priest, and it's because of those metal factories because they heard that constant sound of metal in the factories being beat down all day long, and it created this sound in their heads that stuck with them. I mean, they've said it in countless interviews, like. They could in Birmingham, all they could hear was the fucking steel mills in the background all day long. I know, I know that was way after World War Two. It was but, that far after. But though, they were but still it was like twenty years. But that's yeah. why those that's why those mills were built. Of course, yeah. And they were they were dying out. But at that point, like, you know, twenty years later, they were still running, and that was, and they were they were repurposed for something else. Yep. You know, and a direct result of yep. the war. I mean, twenty years after, they were still basically a lot of places were still. In, in war-torn, you know? So a lot of those factories kind of went from the war effort to rebuilding all these war-torn bomb cities and, and yeah. infrastructures. 
and I and it's not coming to me, but there's actually still to this day a uh, little village in France that completely abandoned the village and it's left as is. So you can go oh, there yeah. and visit it, and it's completely empty with like military vehicles and all what? types of shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I forget the name. I will try to figure it out in a, in a minute or two. That's fucking. Yeah, sweet. but yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. It, it, it's just. Uh, Dude, it's, it's fucking insane. Like, if I ever knew that back in the day, like, what got me really interested in World War II was when I went to Auschwitz. And I saw it, and I was just taken by, like, the, like, the, like, you could feel everything there. You it's know, he- like, it, heavy? Is it, it heavy was heavy. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's heavy as fuck. And, and they have uh, the um, crematorium, like, the, the original one, and you can actually go inside. The old ones, you can't go in because they blew up. They blew them up. Yeah. But you can go in the original crematorium, and it's just you can see where they dropped the Cyclone B, and it's just so crazy, man. Yeah, it's just when you, you can it. just imagine like a thousand people and they're just getting killed. It's, uh, it's fucked dude, up. I watched a thing not too long ago. Like it, it's just every aspect of of the Nazis in general, especially like these people thought they were going to like, all right, well. You know, we're bringing in here for safety. Um, you know, strip down. We're gonna bring in here. We're gonna shower. We're gonna close back on the other side. You yeah. know, all these a lot of these people like did not know what was going on. It was no. Well, look at now. We can't even we can't even get through a fucking pandemic without everybody buying out all the damn toilet paper. Yeah, I still so, I still my local stop and shop. You cannot get toilet paper so, weeks weeks and weeks later. So imagine yeah. being held by gunpoint yeah. by these dudes. Like people can't figure out how to do things now. I mean. I mean, I know it's a different country, but just in general, people are freaking out all over the world over something, you know. And so we haven't changed that much, you know, where we still could be herded like cattle today. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting back to the movie, though, just as far as symbology, if you notice, there's like three or four references in the movie to religion. Did you notice that? Yeah. With uh, like the, well, I mean, from the start when they're burning the, I mean, they're burning all of the the um, Jesus Christian, yeah, all of the stuff. Christian. So it's parallel to like the book burning. So there, I guess that's a parallel I didn't even think of till now. But you, did you notice that, Doug? Yeah. The like, of the I mean, and that's what they say. They keep saying they're like fucking Nazis, fucking Nazis. Oh yeah, always. Nazis, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's very well. Again, it's like that's why the uh, the glorious bastards. They still do, they do that a lot of like fuck the Nazis, fuck the. I mean, I get it, but. Didn't I mean it, Hitler was against Christianity, right? I mean, he was against religion. Pretty or? much, for the most part. I mean, mm. he, he to an extent. I mean, he was definitely. He, I mean, the book burnings were basically Bibles were getting burned and other things. But I mean, it, it's weird though. Like he was definitely into the supernatural and the occult. Like I know, right. I know there was. He had, he had certain like cemeteries that were approved for conception. Like of of Nazi babies because he thought that they would possess certain powers because they were conceived within certain cemeteries. He there was one mission where he sent you know uh, the, um, to look for the spear of destiny, the one that allegedly stabbed Jesus because he thought it held you know some kind of significant right. power. You got like the Nazi bells. Like there's we'll have to do a whole podcast just oh, on yeah. it. Man, that's, that's crazy. Honestly, if you want to see like some of the stuff that possibly went on, obviously it's fictionalized to an extent, but it's got a reality is like the Indiana Jones movie. I mean, yeah. that's what they're based on is Nazis looking for something at the same time as Indiana Jones and he has to kind of run around them. Well, yeah, because wasn't he, I mean, he stole valuable treasure all over the world, like all sorts oh. of, and, I mean, well, and hit it 
a lot of shit was hidden they had to go find again. Yeah, but for some reason, I can't think of his name, but the, the head of Lufthansa, God damn it, what's his name? Big fat guy, Gar, no, Goring, yeah, Goring. He stole, like, everything from the Louvre. He was, he yeah. It, yeah. Oh, yeah, he stole everything, stole dude. He was a big RC guy. Actually, Marco. Goring was the guy that literally, like, he wore a different outfit every time. He was fashionable, and that's where, uh, what's the, oh, God damn, man. What, what's the designer that designed the Nazi? Oh, Ralph Lauren. Yeah, Loren. And he would make them literally different uniforms all the time. So if you see Gurry, he's a big fat guy. He ran the Lufafa, which is the, the Air Force. And he literally Wait, hold on a second. Uniform. Ralph Loren designed clothes? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Ralph Loren. I, I could be wrong. I'm going to double check it. No, it's 150% Ralph Loren. He, he, that's why they the SS and the... We're, we're so well dressed because they had a fucking legit like designer, like a um, fashion designer. Fashion designer, yeah, dude. It was all about show. It was about power and about show, and they wanted to look good while they were. Yeah, it was hundred percent Ralph Lauren. Oh my! God. No, it was, it was Hugo Boss. No. Yeah, pretty sure it was Hugo Boss. Right. Maybe. Loren didn't sound right to me. Look, I think it's Boss. In the fact that Hugo Boss was still an iconic figure into the 90s and even, I don't know, even maybe now prevalent, I don't know, at fucking JC Penney's. But yeah, it's, yeah, dude, Hugo Boss Company. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give Ralph Loren a bad name. Sorry, Ralph yeah. Loren. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mercedes, too. Mercedes was a big company. There, there was a bunch, even uh, some big. Uh, Volkswagen. Yeah, no, didn't Volkswagen is actually made by the Nazi Party, right? I'm not sure if it was 100% made by them, but they definitely helped them out. Like uh, they were Mercedes. There's something yeah, behind they, that. Yeah. We got to find that. But out. they're all German companies, so it makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know. But anyway, Doug, we went wow, way off track. Intense. Yeah, we're going down <laughs> rabbit hole. But you know what? This is so awesome. This yeah. is awesome shit, man. This is great stuff. It's history. This is stuff I could talk about for days. Like we could do like a ten part podcast on World War Two. This is something you could talk about everywhere. That's why like a movie I'd love to do one day is Empire of the Sun. That's why we've lost. We're, so we're probably we're probably do. losing people by the second because they're like, oh my god, they're going down this rabbit hole of World War Two. I don't want to listen to it. We had to listen to this shit in school. But I mean, there's <laughs> so much good. Like it all ties in. There's there's so much stuff. I mean, just think of the music that we got out of it for decades, even, like I said, with heavy metal from, from England to the U.S. Um, I mean, hell, even in Germany and stuff, I mean, we got so much great music out of it, too. Uh, but, you know, I keep thinking of it. It's funny, but every time we talk about World War II, I just think of Slayer. I don't know why. Well, it's because they, they use a lot of imagery from World War II and a lot of German imagery. Oh, Schwitz. Yeah. 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 In general, too, though, the Eagle. Yeah, that's a big oh. thing too. Yeah, dude, the, the the helmet, everything, everything about Slayer. But uh, allegedly, Jeff Hanneman's grandfather was actually on the beaches at D Day. You know, he's like, I'm not, I'm not like a Nazi whatever supporter or sympathizer. He's like, I'm just telling the story. You know, like I've seen the shit first hand. Right. He's like, I have collections from passed yeah, down from my ancestors. Hey, here's the problem, man. Um, if Slayer tried to come out, at least when they started to change from the Early '80s, they wouldn't even be able to be out now. They would have, they would have been fucking, they would have been crucified by you know left media for 
oh, you guys are this, that, and the other. They never would have su- survived today's culture. Never. It's, it's, a, po- it's a possibility. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, no, not the mainstream, at least, like they are now. Yeah, Blade, like there's so many good movies. Yeah, like a, like a movie like Blade and Saddles couldn't make it today. Dude, it was just oh, no way, Jose. Yeah. But all right, Doug, where we at, man? We, we went way off. Yeah, yeah, we did. That's okay. It's good. It was a good, it's uh, worth it. So one, one last thing, Marco, I have a, a show I'm going to send you on Netflix. It's about like, it's about this, these, this little group of people that go out and try to return lost art that's still missing this day that what was named Gustafa, whatever the hell his name was. No, Who, who's the, the, um, the art guy, the guy that had the Hugo boss. Oh, Goring. Goring. Yes. Yeah. So it, get, it really gets into his history and how like Hitler basically had like a little division just mm-hmm. for acquiring art. He went, when he ruled the world, he wanted to have like, he actually built it. I believe it was a big, um, like museum, like a big, um, Museum with all the like the stolen art and stuff, and yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a little bit about that, but yeah, send it to me, dude. I'm interested. I, in- I, I will. I, I discovered it like a couple weeks back when uh, I had a few days off, and you know, we started doing this goddamn isolation. Oh, I said to my wife, I, I keep saying it to her, I'm, to I'm getting so bored of movies and stuff because nothing's original anymore. I really want to see, and I don't know if we'll ever see it, especially with the PC culture. I would love to see a uh, a different take on world war history where the nazis actually won the war and we get to see what post world would look like nazi run i'm sure there's a movie out there that i don't know man i haven't seen anybody if anybody out there knows uh send us a quick message here since we're live you can just send us a quick message if you know of something or even email us at uh vintageburnpodcast at gmail.com if there's a movie out there that is Post World War II, where the Nazi Party wins and takes over the world, uh, and it's good—not crappy—but I have not seen that, and I I think we need to see that other side of history because, look, Apple just did a, a whole new take on uh, uh, the Russians beating us to the moon, and that whole take on it is cool. Have Have you guys ever seen uh, the the Confederates? Say again, Doug. Have you guys ever seen the Confederate States of America? It was like made. It was made in like the '90s, and it was like all these little skits, like as if, like the Confederates actually won um, the war. Oh. And it's it, it wouldn't like you were saying about plays and sales and some of these movies. It would never have survived in t- today's. It's pretty, pretty. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's pretty bad. But like in a, it's it's like a in a comedic way. So, quick story, like, uh, just real quick. I, I actually watched The Blazing Saddles with Duncan, and he's a younger guy who's never seen it. Okay, yeah. And he was like, really? They're talking about this? They're talking about that? Because, you know, yeah, you yeah. know, the N-word comes out, and, and a lot of references to rape in it. But it's the times, man. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, like, the movie was made at that time, and if you don't see the humor, it's kind of like making fun of country westerns. Yeah. And that's what they're doing, and yeah. and, and so it's it kind of obviously it's Mel Brooks, goddammit. it! You know, like yeah. Mel Brooks was—he's the fucking coolest dude ever. I'd love to meet Mel Brooks, even though he's like ninety-three years old. I'd love to meet. Yeah, dude, there. No, but look, comedy, comedy always had a place for being able to do things and the risk, take risks and do comedy. 
But they're going to get back to that. There's a lot of dudes like Dave Chappelle's finally rebelling against it. And they're all – Oh, kind of, most comedians. They're all right. starting to say, yeah. fuck you, we're getting back to it. But, but still, I mean, we're, it's still a tough time. Like a lot of stuff that we enjoy would never be able to release now. And that includes artists. Like even if it's just art and you're trying to relive something through art, you can't do it anymore. Right. Can't but, do it for Mongo. If there is something out there, if anybody knows of anything out there that is related to what the world would look like post, uh, you know, if if the actual like Germans won World War II, I mean, I want to, I I hope somebody fucking makes a movie like that just for sci-fi. I guarantee there's got to be something. Why? There's got to be. There's got to be. You know, like like their technological advancements and the crazy shit that they wanted to implement, like just crazy, like off scales. You know, complete out of this world bonkers. Like it would be sweet. Hey, look, to see. I'll tell you one thing, man. I'm not going to elaborate because we've been fucking elaborating so much. Is they had a lot of fucking whacked ideas. They had a crazy and, amount of ideas. And uh, and I don't I mean, think this. I don't think Overlord. The whole fact of like super soldiers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like a discussion of like that's a real topic of discussion. Oh, it is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's. If you even look at my notes right here, dude. We still do it now. It They're says, doing robotics now. It says the only thing, like three things that Hitler or whatever, the German party had in, in common with this movie is D-Day actually happened. Experiments on super soldiers, like trying to make super soldiers, which they experimented on many people. As if you know anything, that's what they did, especially twins. Maybe the twins. And then Hitler was in the occult. Like that's the three things this movie had in, in, in common with history. Do we have, is there any evidence that he actually, they were actually successful in creating like a super soldier? No, no, no. You know who was big on the super soldier shit too was the fucking Soviets, man. They, they, they right. were just as tap but not as known. No, 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 no. And, and they were fucking mean too. I mean, Stalin killed more people than Hitler did, but he killed his own people so it didn't count because Hitler was trying to take out a whole... Yeah, everybody else. He was just trying to take out Jewish people pretty much. Is there, you know, and that's the thing with Stalin. He didn't give a fuck. He didn't discriminate. He just wanted to kill people. Yeah. And that's the difference between the two. So that's why Hitler gets, you know. The like, real bad. Yeah, yeah the real yeah. bad rap. Don't get me wrong, dude. Hitler's a fucking evil motherfucker, dude. But that's why Hitler will always in history you be have a valid point. like the higher, like, fucking evil person over Stalin. Yeah. Even though Stalin killed more people. Like factually, he did. Yeah, he just, got more was, people killed. Yeah, but it's because he was. It was race specific. It was. Of course, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's, was, that's the reason. It was. Sure. Eth- it was an ethnic specific right genocide. And that's the thing. But and, there's also you can go into the whole like, yeah, uh, what is it? Uh, Turkey and um, Armenian genocide. Oh, you can go into so many. There's so many over time. And then there's that whole like, man. There's like our uh, one of our friends. I'm not gonna name any names, but one of our friends who's Armenians. Like, there's always that like. Uh, argument of like people saying that the Armenian genocide never happened or something, you know. Yeah, and then a lot of people. Same thing with the uh, the 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 the, the, the Holocaust deniers. Yeah, the Holocaust, Holocaust deniers. You know, which is crazy. <laughs> that never happened. I went there, dude. I seen the buildings. I seen. I seen it. You could see it. You see where they sleep, just like in the movies. Well, dude, in the pile, the pile Great. of gold from yeah, like teeth and glasses and stuff. Like, nuts, those photos are those are cropped photos. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They Look, man, I saw. I saw. I went. To, I, I was there. I saw the pile of shoes. I went to the DC. The DC Holocaust Museum, and yeah, I saw the pile yeah. of shoes. 
and, and I'm, I, have you been to the one in Boston? No, it's actually, I didn't even know it existed. It's to be honest, it's just a. It's outdoors. It's glass. Um, yeah. You walk into these grates. You get like air blown up through it. These beautiful grates and stuff. It's a, it's actually it's a, I, it's a nice. Honestly, had no idea they even had one. Yeah, Boston. they get that in Boston school. So I guess when things actually reopen, that's a place I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's we cool. should take a field trip. It's cool. Because that's just crazy. But I'm sorry, Doug. We're going way off. We're like an hour and twenty in. Let's yeah. uh, do this, dude. We went down a rabbit hole, Doug. What's your problem, man? You can't even keep us on a straight and narrow. <sighs> I gave up like fucking when you when you went to go and pee or get a beer whatever you did I'm like I'm just gonna blow through these eight pages we'll be done we'll fucking shoot the shit and that was at like eight forty five and now so one little thing before we go on <laughs> so as aside from being like you know um just into the occult into experiments and all this that he was he had some pretty crazy plans like did you ever guys ever heard of like he had. He had these people, like, basically artists would come in, he, like, kidnapped them, he put them in a little room in the middle of nowhere, and he had them make uh, British banknotes, and he wanted to create an economic, economic blitzkrieg. He wanted to fly over Britain and just release billions and billions of banknotes that looked exactly like the real banknotes, so then they would basically, like, their money would be useless, and they, would, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Nah, honestly, that's something I don't know about. Did you just make that Dude, fuck you. <laughs> no, I, no, dude, dude. I'm going to say, I know Kevin's just being like facetious, but I'm going to say like, uh, I wouldn't doubt it, man, because he had a lot of whacked ideas and we can go into it, but this could be a four hour podcast based on like bullshit. That's why I don't really want to get into it. No, that's why I just thought that was a little, a little... So now that you guys don't believe me, that's cool. Uh, in the basement. Yeah, we believe you. Oh, I believe you. I believe, I believe you. Kevin so, may not, but I believe you. I believe you, Paul. Don't worry. Come on. <laughs> you know, I have kids. <laughs> Is that the YouTube kids guy? No, no. no. Um, you guys don't know what it's like. Yeah, I had to grow up real quick. Uh, so. In the basement, Ford's ringing, uh, ringing explosives. If anybody remembers what's going on, go ahead. No, it's all right. It's, it's, it's not worth explaining. <laughs> so Ford's ringing the, uh, ringing the explosive. Chloe goes off to find her brother. She finds her brother. She meets up with boys. They have this kind of romantic moment. They don't kiss. I don't know why I was upset. I was like, like really? No, like, get out of here. I'll be right out. And like a smooch, you know? Yeah. Like, they've had this... Sexual tension the whole goddamn movie, not even like a, a wink or a nudge or a whatever. So, yeah, you they, know they're gonna get together after. You know what's happening. Yeah. So, um, so her, uh, they go escape. She gets pulled back in one of the tunnels that her and her brother were gonna escape through by this bald-headed Silent Hill mutant-looking motherfucker. Um, <laughs> there's like a fight. She shoots it. It comes back. She, you know, just like the thing, she ends up killing it with fire. The blowtorch, like Marco had mentioned earlier, the, he, we saw them killing this weird disfigured body that had run out of the place with fire, so we know fire is like the trick. Uh, Boyce fights a scientist and kills him. Uh, the super soldier, what's his name, Marco? Uh, Waffner. Waffner? Yeah, that's the dude with the hole in his face, right? Yes, yep. So yeah. uh, we'll call him super soldier Waffner, and he kind of reminds me, at this point in the movie, he reminds me of like, the men in black... Um, Sugar water. You know when he turns into a big roach? Yeah, uh, kind of. 
Yeah, it, it just reminds me. It looks just like him. But uh, he finds Ford. He finds Ford, beats him up, uh, and puts him up on a hook in his chest. And he's kind of hanging him and beating him up and asking him the same questions like, like earlier in the movie. Uh, boy shows up, shoots the SS officer, but you don't bring a gun to a mutant Nazi fight. So the Nazi officer tosses him through the window. Ford gets down from the hook, gives himself one of the reanimator shots. Um, so now that part's pretty intense too, man. When he pulls himself off the hook, because he tries a couple times and he gets hooked right back in. Obviously, you know, like he's trying to pull himself up, like it's a chain hook thing, and like, and then he fails and he goes back in, but then Uh, the second time he succeeds. And then go ahead. I'm sorry. He he gives him the shot, but but the the emphasis on that scene though, it's just so fucking. I don't know, man. It's I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could do it. It's I just visceral. Visceral? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ford walks himself. He shuts his gate behind him and tells Boyce to, like, go finish setting the charges. I didn't get a chance to do it. Um, pretty much, like, we, you know, we don't need this technology on either side. Like, I, I die here. I'm right. paraphrasing. But, so, he does it. Um, he blows the bitch up. He runs out. Shit's blown up. And then we have just like the tent scene where uh, he sees whoever's in charge and they say, hey, we're going to ship you out to see the, the sea company. And happy ending. No no sex, apparently, for uh, for Boyce and, and Chloe. Which... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to imagine that they, they end up together and they have sex many times and children. And... Yeah, that's what I, my assumption but, is like. So that's what it seems together. like. Yeah. yeah. That's what it seems like in the movie. But. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Huh? the whole movie, they just had this tension. They had this, you know, so you thought there's, you know, not that I'm a big love story guy, but it's like, you know, they're, he's a nice guy and she's this, you know, girl that sees this nice guy, and you know, and but that's what they smooch. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for a straight up rom-com. Even going back to the part we didn't really emphasize on it with uh, Waffner, at least that I don't remember. Originally, I mean, like he was treating her like shit, and that's the reason shit went down. That's why they kidnapped Waffner. You know, I mean, because he went down. He said against uh, Wyatt, uh, whatever his name is. What's his name in the movie? Ford. Ford. Ford's wishes, but he did it anyway. You know, and and he he always had something for her, and that yeah. that's that's like pretty much the whole. Even from the first time he saw her, you could see it like in his face. Yeah, you know, he a beautiful woman. You know. Yeah, and they both spoke French, different French, but they both spoke a form of French, and he right. was he spoke like a Haitian French. Yes, yeah, they they we, we didn't touch on that, but yeah, like the she's like your your French sounds different. He's like, you know, yeah, my grandmother taught me she was you know Haitian. We live in Louisiana, you know. She's like, I've never heard right. of Louisiana. Dude, my grand my grandfather used to speak French, Canadian French, so it's like Parisian French in the backyard over the fence to the the Haitians that live next door. Stanley's parents. Oh, Stanley. <laughs> he used to speak Haitian with that. Like, they would go back and forth. It was pretty funny. And he was just like, oh, I didn't know you spoke French. And he was like, yeah, I'm Haitian. Like, it's a form of French. But, you know, it's Creole. But the Creole French was so close, they could actually understand each other. It was pretty funny to watch. Sure. How, do you, how do you say shutting the hell up in Creole? Shutting the hell up. <laughs> Well, I know in French it's uh, Oh yeah, yep, that's the one <laughs> You know that, though You've heard that 
popped into my head since childhood. So, Doug, what did you think of the movie? Uh, so, once again, I always have to play the devil's advocate. Um, I re- Even though I really, really liked it, and I just want to say that first, but, you know, obviously it's nothing incredibly original or new. It plays on one of the true, like, fucked up stories of, of World War II. I just thought it was very well done. I liked the story. I thought the characters were... Uh, likable. I thought there were some good one-liners. I thought the effects were good. They weren't overdone. They weren't too too CGI. I I, I would that would be a hard recommend, especially being a horror and history buff. Well, I don't so, want to say buff. Uh, fan, fan. Like, like you barely recommend it. No, I really recommend it. Oh, you yeah. really recommend it? Okay. I'll oh, absolutely. I I definitely recommend it if you are into uh, into war movies. If you don't like that aspect of it, then you're not going to like this at all. You'll be thrown off completely from the start. But what I really enjoyed about it was that there was a plot and there was an end to it. And they, they accomplished exactly what they said they would at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I like the twists and turns. And yes, it's not original. But the camera shots and the overall idea was well executed. So... It's a solid movie. Yeah. And I'm going to say, you know, based on like what Kevin and Doug say, I agree with everything they say, but I think it's cool to see like a fictionalized version of what really like Nazi Germany was trying to do. Yeah. Okay. So I I really believe that uh, watching that movie, um, it just had those, like, it just gave it that idea, man. And, And it was cool to see that fictionalized and, Obviously, the, the, the good guys came out on top, and I'm glad about that, even in that movie. All right? I'm glad they did it that way. Yeah. But it's it's just cool to see a play on, like, them trying to create super soldiers and and stuff that actually happened. So it's obviously a play on that. It's fictionalized, but it's a play on it. And I think for that, I recommend it, man. I thought the effects, especially the first 30 minutes, were unbelievable. Like, I thought, honestly, like, I thought I was watching, like, a real – like 1917, Midway, Saving Private Ride, oh, Saving yeah. Private Ride, whatever, whatever movie you want to put in there that was war based. Anxiety. I, I really felt that in the first 30 minutes, and I think alone for the 30 minutes is worth worth a watch. Yep, do not agree. So I recommend. It. Yeah. All right, we all agree on this one. Yeah, man. Yeah, good flick, good pick. Enjoyed it, man. We'll uh, we'll be back pretty soon with another one this will be posted uh you know up on all of our uh platforms in the next week and then we're going to be doing early 80s what year did video drone 83 83 we'll be doing 1983's video drone and get and get ready because i'm gonna do the narration on that one so it's gonna be really really yeah all right sound good you masturbate yeah, we're going to go and uh, possibly try to sober up. So uh, thanks for listening, tuning in. This is Kev. Margo. And Doug signing out. All right. See you later, man. Later, boys. Later.